Hey, and welcome uh, to this podcast, or maybe you're watching this on YouTube, I don't know. Uh, but my name is Meta, it's spelled M-E-T-T-E, and the way for you to remember it is to say, I'm Meta. And today, I would like to talk about homeopathic potencies, because, well, frankly, I was just recording something else about potencies for uh, a Danish project that I'm working on. And now you also have the answer to where my accent is coming from. Um, <clears throat> and I just, you know, I loved, I, I love talking about potency. I know I love talking about potency. And, the, and you know, the problem uh, in talking about potency is that you never get time enough to talk about potency. Um, but I just, it was just so nice to have this really thorough kind of, recording about potencies in Danish today that I thought, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to do one speaking English as well. <laughs> um, potencies is the number that you find on the on the homeopathic remedies that comes after the name of the remedy. So in homeopathy, we work, work with the different potencies of the remedies. Uh, but before I start talking too much about each, or, or well, there is as many potencies as you want there to be. Uh, but before I start talking about the most commonly used potencies, I just want to explain a little bit about how we make homeopathic remedies. So homeopathic remedies, they are made by pharmacists. And I think that this is a little known fact. You know, it's not homeopaths that uh, are sitting at home making their own remedies or <laughs> some kind of strange witchcraft or what do I know? No, no, no. Actually, you know, homeopathic remedies are actually made by pharmacists and they're made in pharmacies. And of course, these pharmacies, they are hugely specialized in the homeopathic remedies, but there is a very specific process that goes into it. Let's just try and go through it. So to start, to, to make a, a homeopathic remedy, you're going to have to start with a substance. And let's just talk about it, about herbs, when we're talking about it in this example. So let's say that we are making a remedy from stinging nettle. So Latin name for that is Ursica urens, and that's also the name that we use in uh, homeopathy. So you would start with the mother tincture, and the mother tincture is, you could say, the homeopathic herbal drops, but they are made in the specifications, uh, uh, specifications that are for homeopathic urtica urine. So the herbal drops, they have to be made in the specific way that we need to start out from. So it's not, you know, like when we say homeopathic mother tincture, it isn't exactly the same as the herbal remedy. But then on the other side, it is pretty much. But as soon as we start talking about something that is made in a pharmacy, we have to be very specific about how it's made because now we have to make sure that 
regardless of what pharmacy you go into, if you say, I would like the homeopathic mother tincture, urtica urines, you know, it has to be the same. doesn't matter where you go. Same thing with anything that is pharmaceutical, if you will. So that's where we start. So let's say we are working in a C potency. So what does the C? So you see very often in the homeopathic remedy, you'll see after the number, there's a C. What is the C? The C means centi, and centi means 100. So we are working in something that has to do with 100. So when we want to make a 1C potency, we take one drop from the mother tincture and then we mix it with 99 drops of water. And then we succuss it. So it basically means that we shake it or we bang it, uh, shake it vigorously or, or whatever way you want to say it about 10 times onto a book or like a... Uh, so, you know, like a hard surface, but not stone, because we also use glass vials for this. So it should not break the vial, obviously. Uh, the succussion is, is essential to the homeopathic remedies. If we don't do the succussion, we don't get, we don't get the effect of the remedies, basically. There is <clears throat> some kind, there is, um, speculation on how Hahnemann came to this idea about succussion because weirdly enough, you know, he hasn't written much about it, about how he discovered it. So, you know, we can only guess how he figured this out. But we know that the remedies, they don't work in the same way if we don't have the succussion process in there. And, you know, we can maybe imagine that he found out that the remedies that he took in his horse carriage or something like this, they work better. Uh, riding over the uneven roads uh, with his horse carriage, you know, that would definitely create succussion for the remedies. Maybe that's how he worked it out. We don't know. We can only guess. Okay. So now we have the one C because we took the one drop of mother tincture mixed it with 99 drops of water and we succussed. Okay, now we want to make a 2C. So what do we need to do now? Now we take one drop from the 1C and mix that with 99 drops of water. And then we succuss. And then we have a 2C. Now we want to make a 3C. You guessed it. We take one drop from the 2C and mix that with 99 drops of water. And then we have a free C and so on. So you can see the dilution of the remedies is real. This is something that happens like to an extreme degree. And that's of course also what annoys a lot of people about homeopathy, that the remedies are so diluted. There's lots of reasons why they are diluted. It's because we also work with a lot of poisonous things, we don't want to have any side effects from our remedies. We just want the good healing effect. And this is what Hahnemann, he figured out that it works. And this is, you know, what is being tested every day by homeopaths. Um, so I say now that's when we're working with the C. So what's the difference when, you, when, it, when it's with a D or with an X? Okay, so D means daisy and DC 
means 10. And X is just uh, Roman for 10. So both of these, D and X, they mean the same thing. They mean 10. So then we take one drop into nine, one drop of mother tincture into nine drops of water. So you see, it's a different, it doesn't, it doesn't get diluted as fast when we are working with X and D as when we work with C. I hope that makes sense. Otherwise, rewind, listen to it again. <laughs> okay. Uh, when we reach 12C, Then we need, then we reach a number that's called Avogadro's number. And Avogadro's number is a scientific term that is being used for when something has been diluted so much that there's no molecules left. And then the scientific, like mainstream scientific society, they have decided that when we reach Avogadro's number or when we reach a 12C, then there's no molecules left. And then there's nothing left. We know there's no molecules left, but they say if there's no molecules, there's nothing. So basically they say now everything has been diluted to a point where it doesn't exist anymore. But, you know, even just saying that you're like, how can you dilute? And, you know, you think about it yourself and make up your own mind what you think about it. The way I think about it is that this is, We, we measure molecules. So when we can't measure a molecule, then we decided then there's nothing there. Think back a little bit to, uh, there was a time also where nobody believed in bacteria. Actually, Samuel Hahnemann, the founder of homeopathy, he made an observation where he said, okay, that things can be contagious. Things, you know, like people can drag disease after them and other people pick it up. Everybody was laughing about him, uh, making fun of him for saying that. Uh, but of course, then <clears throat> later, the microscope came and then you could start seeing the bacteria. And then people also started to believe in the bacteria. So we always have to kind of remember that when we say something can't be scientifically proven, Well, maybe science is just not good enough. You know, it doesn't really say that something doesn't exist. I know that it, you need to twist your brain a little bit uh, to reach the same conclusion as me. But anyway, even though that we go beyond Avogadro's number, then there is scientific research being done using different methods that does show that there is something present either because substance that should be water only um, because it has quite high potency homeopathic remedies in there, they still have different effects. They can, for instance, there's some different dyeing. So you can use like dye to, to dye the water and, The, the dye will react differently depending on the potency. And there's also this micro crystal thing that you can do uh, where you can also see different types of water then. So that would be homeopathic remedies 
they will produce different types of patterns. So, you know, it's not that it's completely uh, uh, woo-woo, <laughs> if you will. It's not that it's it's uh, that we can't measure it and we can't, you know, reproduce results basically with these other methods that are not used as much as they're not used enough to prove the point of homeopathy, basically. But they're still there, and there are good people doing good research about homeopathy. So it's not that it's not measurable. It actually is. Um, because we can see it through these methods. But you get the point now about the dilution, how it's made. You know, when and this is, there's also a grinding process. Uh, I think it's called trictation or something like this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't work in a homeopathic pharmacy. These are not terms that I'm using every day, but that's when we use a mineral or something like this, where you have something that is not dissolved in water in the same way as a herb can be it. So then you, you will grind things with uh, milk powder um, and it will basically be the same way, but you you and you will just dilute things uh, through a grinding process, and then when you you add the same amount of you know powder as um, you know in in the same way as you would do it with water, but you're just doing it with powder, and then at one point when you get to a certain potency, then you transfer the powder into a liquid and then continue from there. So that's basically how we do it. Okay. But I do when, when, because what I do, what I do so much is to try and teach people how to use homeopathy for themselves at home, because that's how I started with homeopathy. And I think it's, it's, there's so many good reasons to uh, learn how to use homeopathy at home yourself. And then the questions about potency always comes up. So now I'm going to talk, you know, that's why I'm, ma I'm making this. So I can talk only about potency and not about all the other things that we can talk about when it comes to homeopathy. Okay. Um, I just want to say, like, as a rule of thumb, if you, if you prescribe, if you, you know, potencies beyond 200C should be prescribed by a homeopath. Okay. Sometimes... I, I like to say, you know, like pulsatilla. Pulsatilla is a very emotional remedy. If you don't know about pulsatilla, uh, uh, you're not going to know what I'm talking about. But, oh, actually, but we use pulsatilla, we use that for fear of abandonment. It doesn't have to be so complicated to explain it. Um, So it's like a very emotional remedy sometimes. Uh, and, and emotions that we can feel a lot. And in that case... I say it's safe for you to prescribe one pulsatilla, one M, no problem. And you will probably feel better, you know, if, if pulsatilla is the right remedy, so to say. But otherwise, I would say, you know, stay, stay below. Uh, stay with the two. Don't go any further than 200. And we're going to go through that. I'm going to talk about 200C. Because there are many things that we have to kind of match the potency not just the remedy, but the potency. We need to to match the potency with the um, vitality of the person that we are treating. 
Um, because if you have a low vitality, then you need to have a lower potency because it's like the the vitality of the remedy and the vitality of the patient has to match. And if you don't have a lot of energy, there's no point in prescribing high potency remedies for you because your body is just not going to be able to pick up on it. So that's one thing that we have to work with when we work with potencies in the homeopathic practice. Um, but what we can say is that when we are working with something acute, you know, if you fall down the ladder and hurt your head and you're sitting there and you're screaming from pain, okay, we can see vitality. Okay, if you fall down the ladder and you're lying still, not such a high vitality there, not a visible one at least. Um, but if you're like, oh my God, it hurts, and you can feel the bump kind of like growing on your head, oh my goodness, this is a good vitality. You know, this is your body working. We think of, of the symptoms as the problem, and of course, symptoms can cause a lot of problems. But... Symptoms are an effect of something, of something that has happened. You know, the problem is that you fell down the ladder. You know, I know this is like a very simplified uh, example here. But when we are working with something acute, this is what happens. You know, you get these symptoms. They come immediately. You don't have to say, you know, it will change, but something will happen immediately. You will have certain emotions. You will feel pain. That is a sign of your vitality, basically. So when we prescribe a remedy for that, your body is already hitting it. You know, your body is already doing it. So you're just feeding it, telling it, do more of that and do it faster. Okay, but your body is already in action. If you have someone that is 110 years old, is sitting in a in a dark room and coughing, not even being able to produce a cough. So it's like, <laughs> you know, that's low vitality compared to somebody that goes, you know, like that and really tries to cough something up from the lungs and things are moving, you know, then you have a higher vitality. When you have a low vitality, you need to prescribe gently. You know, you need to try and get the vitality up a little bit, maybe to be able to help a little bit more, but you can't prescribe to energy that is not there, basically. So there are certain situations, like I said, like you have an accident, you fall down the ladder, you see, feel, notice your body doing certain things here and now. Um, and the same thing in childbirth, okay? We have everything, everything is there. Everything is happening here and now. In childbirth, wow, amazing vitality that we see in the body uh, during childbirth. Amazing power that comes from nobody knows where, but it shows up every time, you know, and you can prescribe 200C for that. Easy, you know, uh, but... You know, we just have to kind of like try and match the potency a little bit. But still, it's so interesting to talk about. And you're definitely going to uh, get some insights here. What I just want to say, what we're, you know, 
be super, super careful about chronic illnesses. Chronic illnesses should always be treated by a homeopath. Don't treat chronic illnesses at home by yourself. Just don't. You need someone by your side that can help you and you will get amazing help too. You know, it's not the... Uh, It's not nothing, you know, and, 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 and chronic illnesses are complicated to treat. You're not supposed even to know how to do this on your own. There is no remedy that's going to do that for you. And also, potentially, you can create an aggravation if you hit the wrong potency, basically, with the remedy. So think of always as what you're treating at home, minor and acute ailments. Okay, let's get into talking a little bit about the potencies here. So I'm going to talk about potency 12X or 12D, 6C, 30C, 200C, and then the M potencies and LM potencies. Okay, so let's start with 12X. So, you know, X is 10. So this is the dilution is not so high as you will find it with a C. Okay, so low potency here. 12X is a low potency. And it's a potency that we use a lot, for instance, in the tissue salts. And the tissue salts are like, is minerals. And I think of the tissue salts almost as a homeopathic supplement that can be used in that way. Um. So we're not treating emotions. We're not getting into that kind of psychological stuff when we're using a 12X. We're looking at tissue. We're looking at the cells. Um, so it's very basic, you could say. It's it's a strengthening stuff, you know. But we need to have we need to have good supplementation for the body to be able to have good energy. And regardless, you know, like with the with the tissue salts depending on what um, system that we are working in, amazing stuff we can do here. So, if, and and the other thing you can also, what, what you need to know about the, the lower potencies, it is you can take them for longer. And, you know, when I prescribe a 12X or a tissue saw, I would say take it three times a day and you'll probably be taking this for months. And that's fine. You know, if you think about the tissue salt kelk fluor, which is very good for the elasticity of the skin or of tissue altogether, it's something that you should take all the way through pregnancy, you know, to allow the skin to stretch, but also so that the skin can bounce back more easily after you have uh, given birth to the child. So that's an extended period of time. Also great for the baby, by the way. You know, the, there's a whole kind of like little tissue salt protocol that I love to give uh, to anyone having a baby. Um, but, and also uh, in the homeopathic consultation, I like to use these lower potency prescriptions together, maybe with higher potency, you know, <clears throat> here I say, okay, tissue salts, great. Anybody can add tissue salts to whatever they're taking of homeopathic remedies. It will only be of benefit, but basically, Bricks for the cells, you could say. Potency 6C. So this is um, also a low potency, but a high low, po low potency, basically. You could say 
is low, but in the higher end of the low, <laughs> basically. <clears throat> I use this potency a lot uh, for organ support. So when there's certain kind of stresses going on in the body, of course, we have to address the stress. What caused the stress? Maybe there's some trauma there. Maybe there's some transgenerational stuff going on. You know, there can be so many things going on. But at the same time, we also know that when you have been through stress for an extended period of time, some of your organs are going to be worn out, basically, and could do with some support. And we need to give the support. Sometimes I think of it as almost as if first aid, in particular when we have to do with the glands, is so important to keep the glands going, you know. And in particular, if you have had any kind of medication for the glands or in in substituting what the glands are doing because the glands are not working well enough, very often thyroid. Okay, so you've been on thyroid medication because your thyroid has not been producing well enough of what it is supposed to produce. So we supplement then with synthetic hormones. But what the gland would very often do is just to say, well, okay, I don't have to do anything because everything is here and then it's just going to switch off. But we need to keep the glands going, okay, because... Not having the glands working, then you will have to be on medication for the rest of your life. So very early on, immediately, basically, I will start supporting glands when there is a gland issue. Very often the thyroid, and I will prescribe a remedy, thyroidinum, in a 6C. You take it once daily while we're going to look at what else is going on, you know, when there's something going on with the thyroid, it is the perspective that I that I look at it when I when I step back and I look at it, I say, okay, is there something from the heart that hasn't been expressed? Okay, so whatever comes through the heart to get through the mouth, it has to pass through the throat where you have the thyroid. You know, when it's the brain. It's more like you have all the stuff in the sinuses and the ears and in the teeth and all of that jazz comes more from the brain, kind of like intellectually. When it has to come this way, it's something, uh, very often what we just see is that you have put your own needs aside to make space for other people's needs. Not unusual <laughs> uh, for that to happen. Um, but you know that's that's the kind of stuff that we have that we are talking about in the homeopathic consultation. So we want because we're looking for the root cause. You know, we're got, we're looking at why is it that you have this problem with your thyroid? You know, it's not just we don't in homeopathy we don't look at it just as thyroid dysfunction. But even though we don't even look we don't look at it as thyroid dysfunction, but we want to see what is actually going on here. I still want to support the thyroid as we are trying to figure this out. I don't want to waste any time. I don't want to uh, try and figure out why it's the patient bleeding. And while I'm trying to figure out why the patient is bleeding, I'm going to stop the bleeding, so to say. Uh, and that's why I would prescribe uh, organ support in this potency. And also you can say because it's still a lower potency, even though it's a high low potency, 
I'm not looking at the emotions here. I'm just prescribing straight to the organ. And then you say, oh, I have a thyroid problem. I should try and take this remedy for myself. And yeah, you know, and you go ahead and do that, you know, but don't because it's going to stop working. It's not going to work for you forever because you can't support it. You can support a dysfunctional system for a certain period of time, but you can't do it forever. You know, it's like we can lift the body with more energy when we're going through stressful periods of time for 10 days, maybe. But you know what? We can't do that forever. <laughs> then we have to address the stress, basically. So this is the same thing. This is not a solution. Uh, this is not a, a allopathic prescription. This is just like something to help you get through a rough time uh, while we are trying to find out how you can avoid having this rough time, okay? We have to look for the root cause always, but while we're doing it, it can be great to give uh, prescriptions like this in this potency to support certain organs that has just been basically worn out. You know, sometimes it can be if we're going through a detoxification of medications or vaccines or anything like that, that then we want to put extra support for the liver or for the kidneys. It can be support like that to just say, okay, we know we're going to you put a little extra strain on the body in certain areas while we're going through this detoxification process. Let's add some, some uh, organ support. Okay, potency 30C. That's the, that's the potency that you know mainly from the kits. And it's super useful, okay? So it's a high potency, but it's, a, it's a, in the lower end of the high potencies, the way I would describe it. Um, <clears throat> but we do tap into the emotions. So now we can also start looking at what, what emotions are taking place at the same time as we have physical stuff. So that's why this potency is so great because it makes it so easy for you to prescribe it at home because you get like a bigger range to prescribe from. You have physical stuff and you have emotional stuff and you have the mix of the two and, and, and you can start picking the remedies this way as well. You can prescribe for both things. Well, we do know that if we have a food poisoning, we have some emotions coming with that as well. <laughs> um, but you can also just prescribe for the emotions or you can also just prescribe for the physical stuff. And you can do that very safely uh, in this potency. Uh, so this, this is a, a, a great remedy for self-prescriptions and also a potency that I use so often. Uh, in my uh, practice as well. Very often, you know, like maybe in the beginning, let's see what does this remedy do. Uh, and then we will progress through higher potencies from there if we have good results with it. Um, so very versatile, very great, great, great potency. And and where you can't really do much wrong, you know, like the, the thing that we worry about in, in the homeopathic consultation, or I worry about it is to make aggravations. So what are aggravations? Aggravations are when known symptoms, symptoms that you already have or have had come back or they become worse. So, you know, it's not the same as a side effect. 
because a side effect is when you get symptoms that you never had before. <laughs> uh, you know, you take pain medication for your headaches and that now you have a stomach ulcer. You know, that's a side effect. Uh, when we uh, give a, a homeopathic remedy for um, skin stuff, maybe your skin stuff is going to break out for a little bit before it gets better because this is just what the body has to do to actually be able to heal this. But, you know, you don't get anything new that you never had before. But we'd want to avoid that, at least the way I prescribe. I really want to avoid that. I don't want you to get worse, even for a short time when you come and see me, you know. And, and also, you know, we have, if we take migraines, nobody can afford that their migraines get an aggravation, okay? If you have itching eczema, nobody can afford that that gets worse. You get an aggravation for that through your treatment. I, I, I do everything I can you know, to avoid that. And at least if you start also with a 30C potency, then you can also say, even if there is an aggravation, it's not going to be as bad, okay? Because it's still just a 30C. So, and then in that way, you can kind of like test the waters and see, is there going to be an aggravation? And if there is, it's like, okay, let's um, decide what to do from here. But if you go right in with a 200C or 1M or anything like that, you know, the, the, the aggravation will basically take longer. There are ways of antidoting this as well, but you got to have the remedies by hand, right? So I like to be a little bit more conservative and slow sometimes in the way that I'm working. I'm always telling my patients, this is not a race. Okay, potency 200. This is the most acute potency that we have a way of looking at it. You know, it can be used for in other, not just for acute ailments, uh, but definitely also for that. So we use this potency for acute symptoms that are obvious and fills the, up the room that you're in. You know, what I say sometimes, when is a good time to prescribe a 200C? <laughs> you can do like, could I do the dishes test? So what I'm saying is, could you do the dishes in the same room as these symptoms are taking place in? Probably not a 200C. But if you're going, I, I could not do the dishes while this person is having these symptoms next to me, uh, then you definitely know for sure that this is probably a 200C. So what do we use the 200C for? We use it for childbirth, for instance. You would not be able to do the dishes in a room <laughs> with anybody going through that, right? We spoke about it before. Everything is there. Everything is present. It's also <clears throat> for the very acute ailments. So something happened. You got stung by a bee. Uh, you fell and hurt yourself. You got a big shock. Whatever it is, basically, squashed your fingers. You know, all of those 200C, very appropriate because you have basically the body doing everything it needs to do already, you know, giving you all the signals and all of that. Every The body is pumping already. 200C, perfect potency. If you don't have a 200C and you, maybe you don't, you just give a 30 and you just repeat it more often. So it's not like 
the remedy is not going to do anything because you don't have the right potency. It's never like that. But sometimes I also write, uh, uh, prescribe the 200C in my practice when I'm, maybe I want to excite something. I want to see what happens if I want to poke, poke into something and see, okay, what happens when I do this or, or when I say, I get to a certain stage where I say, this is getting kind of serious now. I want to um, step up, basically. I tested how the body reacts. I can see the body's fine on a 30C, for instance. And uh, okay, so so now we can kind of like move it up a little bit. Um, and just, just, um, I don't really know how to describe it, but it, it's like demanding a little bit more of the patient. I've, I have uh, zoomed in on a couple of remedies that I'm like, okay, this is definitely good for you. And, and, you know, just, just trying to get a little bit deeper and also where we have a, I have a better idea about the emotional stuff, because obviously in the 200, you know, we have a better idea about the emotions as well. Okay. Then we move up in potencies and that's when the potencies, they end with an M. And of course the M is then for millennia and means thousand, one thousand. So centi means 10 days. D for these daisy is 10 centi is 100. M is for 1000. So when we have a remedy that is a one M it's basically a 1000 C. 10M, 10,000C, and so on. Okay. <clears throat> so the higher potencies we prescribe when there's good vitality. Uh, sometimes, so it has to be, there's no point in prescribing these high remedies if there's no vitality. Okay. Um, we prescribe it for emotional things. So when, when it has to do with emotions, uh, Still, we can also prescribe the lower uh, potency remedies, but, you know, we're talking about remedies that are being prescribed in the homeopathic practice here. So either emotions that have been involved or are involved. It can be something that is experienced very acutely, like a sense of loss, maybe grief, maybe uh, abuse or anything like that. Good remedies that can can help with that shock, panic, so remedies that can help with that um, because the emotions are, are very clear or maybe it's a, it's a physical thing that is super, super obvious. I mean, seriously, if, if, uh, if you got stung by a tick, if you had a tick bite, for instance, I'm not going to, I'm not prescribing that so much on the emotional stuff, but it's very obvious that you got stung by something Ledum 1m right away great just for that why not because it's so super obvious what it is even though maybe it is not so emotional then the uh, it, the physical thing that happened is extremely obvious and the reaction is also there and is very obvious. So it can be as simple as that. 
but it can also be that your physical ailment is very closely related to <clears throat> something, uh, uh, physical symptoms that you experience on your body. It can be for those situations, or it could be that we are prescribing a remedy for something that happened a long time ago. It's like we need to reach further. <laughs> we need to get further into the history. So when we prescribe the M remedies, it's uh, most of the time it's like maybe single doses, quite conservative. We want to see what does this do for the individual? Uh, how does it work for the individual? But it will not be prescribed as often. And the same with the 200, you know, like my, when you prescribe a 200 C potency for an emergency or a childbirth or something, you just give it as often as you need to. You will see now it works. Now it doesn't work. Repeat the remedy. Stops working. Repeat the remedy. You know, you give it as much as you want. This will be for a short period of time. Childbirth as a natural end. These types of things, when we are with the very acute symptoms, you know, they don't go on forever. So you just give as much as you want, basically. As, but as is needed after your best own evaluation. <clears throat> when I prescribe a 200 seat to kind of like poke a little bit around, it's either maybe I'll prescribe it once daily for three days or once weekly, something like this. Uh, so, but when we prescribe the 1M, 10M, 50M, or CM, which is basically um, a million, uh, then it's one dose, single dose, normally. It's all what's needed anyway. You know, these are very high potencies. We say in homeopathy, healing comes from inside and out, moves out. So when we prescribe a high potency, which is also a deeper remedy, it has to work its way out. It starts somewhere. I don't even know where it is. And then it will work its way through the skin. Okay. So <clears throat> you could say that with these C, M, X, and D potencies, you know, like the higher the potency, the less frequent it's prescribed. But then we also have the L, M potencies, and that's basically 1 to 50,000. So this is like a very high potency that we can prescribe even for people with low vitality and where they need to have the same remedy repeated very often. Okay, what situation could that be? It could be, for instance, for being in menopausal symptoms where you would, you would find that the woman, when she takes the right remedy, she feels great. She's just perfect. Everything is great. As soon as she stops taking the remedy... Boom, all the symptoms are back and it's bad. And then you go, okay, well, it's not the way it should be. I prefer my patients to be healed. <laughs> but of course, that's not always what happens. We're not all the same and circumstance and how smart I am to work it out. And, you know, but main thing is I want you to feel good about yourself. But thank you. We have the LM potencies. And what you do with the LM potencies is that you basically change change the potency as a patient. You change the potency a little bit every day yourself by making your own succussions. And because 
you change the potency a little bit every day yourself by with your own succussions, it also means you're not always working in the same layer because even if we just roll over our finger over as a rock every day, if we do, if we keep doing that every day, every day, every day, eventually this rock is going to be weaker wherever this finger has gone over and over again. And you can look at it a little bit in the same way with the homeopathic remedy. If we stay in the same potency with the same remedy, it's like we're hitting the same groove every day and slowly we're going to wear it down and we're going to create a weak point instead of strengthening you simply because we keep repeating the remedy. So we get, that's one of the reasons why we can't keep repeating the remedies. But if you need a remedy that needs to be repeated, then you can have a potency from your homeopath. And because you're changing the potency yourself as a patient every day, it basically means that <clears throat> you can take this remedy for an extended period of time, which is just so great. If you have like a bad menopause, it's been going on for years and maybe it's going to go on for years still that you can still be supported by a homeopath. The homeopath doesn't have to give up on you. There is a remedy for you and there is a method for you to take this remedy through the LM potencies, which I just absolutely love. It's like if I had to pick a favorite potency, it is my favorite potency. Okay. That was everything that I had to say about potency. And I feel so great because I got to talk about potencies so much today. So if you have any questions or anything like that, you just get in touch with me or write them in the comments. If you can do that, if you're watching this on YouTube, there will be all the necessary information for you to figure out how to get hold of me. Thank you so much for listening and watching and i hope that we get to check in with each other again soon thank you so much take care bye bye